For the last few weeks, we've been talking about the series called Fortnite, right? We've been looking at different battles in Scripture. And each battle that we've looked at has shown us a really important lesson, but it's kind of the same theme through each battle. God is walking with His people, Israel, and He wants them to know as they go into these crazy battles that He brings them and that feel overwhelmed, and they're like, how are we ever going to come against this enemy? God says, I want you to have faith in me. And so battle after battle that we've looked at, we keep seeing that same theme. Have faith in God. Trust God. We're watching Israel go into these, these battles where sometimes they're not even swinging a sword. They're not even fighting. God is just showing up and splitting seas in half and crushing the enemy, and Israel never even picked up a sword. Or they're blowing trumpets and walls are collapsing down around Jericho on their enemies. And these amazing miracles that God's doing where he is fighting the battles for Israel. And so each time it's a reminder, hey Israel, believe in me. Trust me. I'm not asking you to go win that battle. I'm not asking you to swing that sword really well. I'm just asking you to trust me and watch and be amazed at the miracle when I show up and I flex my muscles and I crush your enemies. And so God's reminder to Israel is the same reminder He has for you and I tonight. Trust God. Have faith in this big, incredible God who loves you so much. He sent His only Son to die for you. To win the biggest battle there is. The one over your soul. So as you sit here tonight, know there is a battle waging over you. That God has fought for your soul. For your eternal existence. And He's in control of the whole thing. And so tonight we're looking at Gideon. Again, last week we saw how Gideon was called by God to do this thing. And, and he wanted Gideon to go lead his army against all of these enemies. And Gideon's like, what, me? I'm nobody. I'm from like the weakest tribe, and I'm the weakest one in my tribe. Are you sure you're, I'm the one that you want, God? And God is listening, and, and, and he's like, Gideon, will you trust me? And Gideon's like, I will if you do this. And okay, well, you did that. So what if you do this and prove it to me, God, that you're really calling me? Okay, I see that. And why don't you do? And he keeps giving tests to God, saying, if you do this, then I'll believe you're actually telling me to go do it, God. Remember at the end of that, he pulls out this fleece, this lambskin, and he's like, here you go, God, make it wet. If it's wet, I'll go. He's like, make it dry. If it's dry, I'll go. Nothing was ever good enough. He kept testing God because he had no faith in his heart. And so the one thing God wanted to teach even imperfect Gideon was that he would have faith in his God. How strong and incredible his God was that he would always be there for him, always come through. And so Gideon finally hears God and he's like, I trust you. Okay, let's go do this. And so he sends Gideon off to find an army. And that's where we're at tonight in Judges 7 where he's telling Gideon, I want you to get this army together, but you got to do it a certain way. And that's what we're going to read together tonight. Will you guys open there real quick? Judges chapter 7, right in verse 1. You see, we watched this, this movie, this clip from 300 tonight. Some of you guys have seen the movie. But he, they're talking, and what's happening, if you haven't seen the movie, is that Persia is taking over Greece. They're trying to just annihilate Greece. And so the kings, different kings of Greece, are taking their armies and coming up together against Persia. And you get this one king, Leonidas, studly dude with a beard, right? And he's from Sparta. Everybody in Sparta is a warrior. 
You're born, and immediately you start being trained to be a warrior. So no matter what else you do in Sparta, you're a warrior. And so Leonidas shows up with only 300 men, and this other king shows up with all these dudes, and he's like, are you kidding me? That's all you brought? Just 300 measly dudes? You couldn't even bring as many as us? And, and so he starts to ask. He's like, well, what do you do? I'm a potter. What do you do? Oh, I'm a blacksmith, and I'm all these different things. And Leonidas was trying to say, you've never swung a sword in your life, man. What, are you going to like, throw pottery at him? Like, what are you doing? And the point was, you didn't bring soldiers. Just because you showed up with a sword and a shield doesn't make you a soldier. And when I watched that clip, I noticed something. Leonidas, with what he said, he made the true colors, right, that we're talking about tonight, of this other army really shine through. You got to see who they really were. And you and I get really good at doing that. We get good at showing up with this mask on, this face, this life that we project to people. So other people think we're a certain thing. I want you to think I'm a good Christian dude. I want you to think I'm really cool. I want you to think I'm really funny. Whatever it is for you, we show up and we put that mask on. And we're doing it all the time. And what God wants, and what we're going to see in the passage tonight, is that our true colors, who He's truly made us to be in Him, shines through. For the world to see that, in all its glory. And to see us for who we really are and to see Him for who He really is. And you know, you can't have faith if you're full of pride. There's no room in your heart for faith if it's full of pride. And so sometimes we walk around and we're just full of ourselves. We're thinking we've got it all down. We've got what we want, the life that we want. What do I need God for? Like, what's the purpose of God in my life? And so you start to have faith in yourself, or your parents, or your parents' money, or your grades, or the sport you're really good at, and you start to just worship that thing and lose faith in the one that deserves it. And that's God's reminder for us tonight, that you and I, our true colors, is that we're weak and broken. We could do nothing without God. And so we read in the Judges chapter 7, we're going to read verses 1 to 9 and see what happens between him and Gideon as they're about to do this battle. It says, Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, listen to this, The people with you are too many for me to give you the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Take them down to the water. I will test them from there for you there. And anyone of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, I will save you 
and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go, every man to his home. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained the 300 men. And the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. That same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. You see that in verse 2? He comes up to get and he's like, hey, listen, you've got, I can't do math real well, what is it, like, it's 22,000, like 10,000, like 32,000, something like that. So yeah, it's like a lot of men, dude. He's got like 30-something thousand men. And they're all there, and it's like this impressive army, and God's like, hey, Gideon, there's too many. He's like, what, too many for war? That's impossible. Like, why would there ever be too many men to go into war? Don't we want more? And God's like, no. No? Well, if you go down with all those men against the Midianites, your men are going to think they won the battle. They're going to come back bragging, saying, look what we did, look how great we are. And God's like, I, I, I want you to learn faith, remember? All of these battles, all the stuff I've done with you, interacting with you, has been to teach you to have faith. And now you guys are going to go down there and march and think you did it, and you're going to boast, and you're going to brag about yourselves. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go up to this 30-something thousand people, and I want you to tell them, if they're scared, just leave. 22,000, is that what it says? Take off. That's a lot of scared people. I guess you didn't show up with soldiers that day, right? You showed up with a bunch of potters who were like, we're out of here. We're going to go make some vessels, some, some clay vessels. We're going home. We're out, okay? So then he's got these other, and God's like, hey, there's still too many. They're still going to think they did this thing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take them down to the water. They're really thirsty. They've been training. Take them down to that water down there and let them drink. And the ones who just like plunge their face into the water like a dog and like lay down and just start drinking because they're so thirsty, tell them to go home. You're only going to keep the ones that keep their head up and look around and stay vigilant and use their hand to drink the water. The ones that just plunge their face in and take a drink and just gulp it down, you don't want those. I want you to send them home. So he takes them down there, and sure enough, only 300 dudes actually scoop with their hand and drink the water and stay vigilant. You see, God wants us to know something. He wants us to know that he's in control. He's in control of your life. I don't know... Where you're at tonight, you might be so close to Jesus, and I praise God for that, but you might be something more like me, where you never really reach this plateau where you're like, now I've got it, God, I'm here, I have this faith in my heart, and I'm never going to change. I'm good forever now. See, I never reached that place. Every day when I wake up, it's like this new battle to say, God, I need to have faith today. God, I need to grow today. God, I need to spend time with you today or else I'm going to be self-consumed again. Whether it just be me complaining about my life and all the horrible things in it and grumpy and focused on Rob or rejoicing at how great I am and all the wonderful things that have happened and how great I, I must be for all this good stuff to happen to me. When God says, every morning, I want you to get up and spend time with me. I want you to remember that I'm in control of your life and your heart. I'm the God that you can put faith in and you can trust me. And you never reach that point where you never have to wake up and do that again. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily battle to spend time 
with Jesus. And it's so weird it shouldn't be because he's the greatest person in the universe. Like I should wake up and just want to spend time with my Jesus. And so God offers that to you and me. He wants us to know his true colors. He wants us to know who he really is, his glory and his greatness. And he deserves to be praised for it. What does that look like in your life? Are you waking up, getting in the word? Are you spending time with Jesus in prayer and reading his his word and asking him to put faith in your heart as you go through your day? Are you being serious with your relationship with your Jesus who saved your life, your eternal life? He says, look at me and have faith in me. But then he goes down, right? And as the story unfolds, we see that he wants us to know who we are too. He wants us to see something. Look at verses 5 and 6, right? So he brought the people down, right? And he makes them drink. And you got these people who just kind of like jump in the water, basically. and They're shoving their face in the water. And that's me so often every day. When I get up and, and like I have a need in my life, I'm so focused on my need. I'm so focused on like the stuff that's going to be good for me and that I'm looking for and that I want. It's like those guys were thirsty. Like, Have you ever been so thirsty that you just taken that, that glass of Gatorade or water where you just chug that thing down and you're just so thirsty, it like, dribbles all down your chest? Like, like, ah. like, I imagine they were way more thirsty than that. These guys were just like gobbling that water. But in life... It's not much different. When you and I crave something, something that we really want, you really want that attention from that person. And you'll do anything to get that attention from them. You really want those grades. And you're willing to do anything and push everything aside to get that GPA and those grades. Or be really good at that sport, no matter what you have to do to get it. Or or have this group of friends, or you name it, right? There's all these things that we, we just like shove our faces in and say, I need this. I want this. And we lose sight of Jesus when we do that. We're so consumed with our need or our desire that we're just shoving our faces down here and taking our eyes off the Savior. And He wants us to be those dudes who get down and we take our hand like this, but we don't take our eyes off of Jesus. We stay vigilant. We keep our heads up. We keep looking where we need to look. And I'll tell you tonight, where you need to look is at Jesus. All the other things that are walking into your life trying to tell me, hey, look at me. That really pretty girl. It's all you can think about. That really studly dude who's always trying to get your attention, girls. And you're, that's all you can think about is that dude. That party. Those things that you drink or, or, or take that are just, man, they make me feel so good. So quickly, those things, that water, those desires grab our attention and that pull us in and your eyes get taken off the one thing that can actually fill your heart. And it's Jesus. And God said, and we can show up to church with this face on and we can act like, man, all, all the stuff in my life is all in order and I'm, I'm good. And he's like, tonight, I want your heart to show through. I want you to see yourself for who you are. So if you're stuck in the water and you're stuck in sin and you're self-consumed, that God would say, look, this is you. You're broken. But it's not a bad thing to notice it because that means now you're able to look up. And He's so good to us and has so much grace and forgiveness to us 
that when we do look up and put our eyes back on Jesus, he welcomes us back with open arms. He says, look back at me. Have faith in me. Trust me. What is it that God's calling you to do? I keep asking you guys this over and over. I ask you, hey, raise your hand if you believe in Jesus. And a lot of you raise your hand. And I say, well, listen, then God's calling you to do something. Because he calls those who believe in him to follow his mission. So if you raise your hand and say, I believe in Jesus, but you won't raise your hand and say, he's calling me to do something tonight, then you just haven't been listening. Because if he's called you to follow him, he's he's leading you somewhere. Where is God leading you? Where have you said yes to to follow him? Where is he taking you tonight? Maybe it's a place that tonight you're scared to go. Maybe you're like Gideon and you're like, man, prove it, God. Show me you're actually calling me and not this dude over here because this guy really loves you. And I'm, man, you sure you want me? Have you seen how big that army is? God, I'm nervous. I'm scared. God says, yeah, I'm calling you. What is it he's calling you to do? Who's that person that you're scared to death to talk to? Who's that family member that really needs Jesus, but you've never opened your mouth about your faith in him? That person at school? Maybe it's just you tonight. Maybe it's you who's far from Jesus. You've been stuck in the water. You can just stick your face in. You've fallen in that thing, and you're splashing around, and you're like, man, I'm just so lost right now. I need God just to reach down and pick me up. Maybe that's you tonight. You haven't been saved by Jesus. You haven't experienced what that's like to have Him grab you out of your sin and your brokenness and say, I'm going to give you purpose. i give you a reason to live. I can tell you that I've been there. I've been there way too many times in my life than I want to admit, but every single time, Jesus reaches down and says, come on, Rob. I love you. Keep believing. You guys bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. I want to pray for you guys tonight. I don't ever want a firehouse go by without giving the opportunity to be able to pray for you because I like to spend my week praying for each of you guys. And so if there's somebody here tonight and you just need prayer, you're like, Rob, I need you to pray for me. That's me. I'm the dude at the water. I'm the girl at the water. And I've been focused so much on myself, I've lost track of Jesus. I haven't paid attention to Jesus like I should. Will you just pray for me tonight? If that's you, will you just slip your hand up in the air so I could pray for you? That's me. Pray for me, Rob. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand too. I see your hand. Anybody else? Raise them up high. You don't have to be embarrassed. Pray for me that I will follow Jesus and get my face out of the water. I see your hands. Thank you for being honest. You guys can put your hands down. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, I'm the one that I've never been saved by Jesus. I've never experienced what it means to be forgiven of my sin. But I want to be. If that's you tonight and you want to know that Jesus Christ has died for you, forgiven your sin and given you eternal life, Will you just raise your hand up tonight? Like, Rob, will you pray for me? That's me. I've never done that, but I want to know Jesus. I want to know that I'm saved and forgiven. Will you slip your hand up in the air? Raise it up nice and high so I can see it. I see a few hands. Anybody else? Be courageous and raise your hand and say, like, I need Christ. I need to be saved. Can you guys keep your hands up for one second? 
I'm going to ask your leaders, will you just peek around and see if those are one of your students so you could be praying for them with me? Maybe have a conversation in your life group after this. Let me pray for you. You guys can put your hands down. Thank you. Let me pray for you right now, and then we'll continue to worship. Father, we love you so much. God, there's no greater news than that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to come die for us. In our brokenness, in our mess, God, you still love us. Thank you. Thank you for that good news and that it's good for me tonight. I pray for those who raised their hands tonight and they were honest. God, will you help them? We help them through their week to say, I want to look at Jesus and stop being consumed with myself. For those who raised their hand, God, to say that they needed you to save them, I pray that they would have a conversation with me or one of the leaders tonight before they leave. That they could leave this place knowing they have eternal life. That they are forgiven. And that they are made right with you. We love you so much, God. Be glorified tonight. We see you tonight, God. We see your true colors. And we want to glorify you for it. Here is us. We worship. It's your name we pray. Amen.